Okay, hello, and welcome to another episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest in K-12 ed tech this month. I'm your host, Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. As we continue to pull our collective selves for the past three pandemic years, schools and districts are finding that some of the last-minute strategies they used during that terrible time have become innovations that have become baked into the way we now teach and learn. I had the chance to speak with Liz Collins. She's the senior product manager at Gale, which is part of the Cengage Group, an education technology company that serves millions of learners in 165 countries. She breaks down some of these advances and the way that students now learn through quality digital experiences, which include supporting distance and social emotional learning, along with equity and some inclusion goals. Have a listen. Okay, Liz, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And I'm sorry we weren't able to meet in person on the show floor during ISD, but everyone's so busy, right? And uh, I did walk by the booth a few times. You guys certainly seem to be bustling as well. That's right. We were having fun. We did in-booth presentations for the first time at this show, so that added a new dimension and a lot of excitement. Yeah. And of course, Gail is not their first time at ISTE and involved in the space. Talk a little bit about how you've seen your work evolve and maybe especially during the, the past couple of years during COVID and with, mm-hmm. I'll say it first, artificial intelligence being the, the yeah. overwhelming theme of, of this year's show. Well, definitely Gail's not a stranger to ISTE. We've been going for many, many years. And I think we're seeing our role at ISTE evolve over time. At, at first, when we started coming to the show, you know, we were more known in the library. And so we had to sort of make a name for ourselves at ISTE. But over time, we've gotten to know the ISTE attendees better, and they've gotten to know us and just kind of parallels the role of how we've evolved in schools, you know, from the library into outside into the curriculum space. So definitely um, have some friends that we see at ISTE every year. This year, Artificial intelligence was the dominant theme of the conference for sure. It was on everyone's mind. It was a lot of what was talked about. And we certainly heard a lot about that with our customers as well in our booth. I would say the other sort of parallel track that we heard was still a concern about learning loss and Mm -hmm. concern about foundational skills. And literacy was really the focus in our booth this year. And that was really in response to what we're hearing from our customers that as much as they are really passionate and excited about all the potential um, technologies that are coming with AI, that they still are pretty concerned about where students stand coming out of the pandemic after another year has gone by and really wanting to get strategies and support for building those foundational skills. And when you're talking about literacy, you're talking about reading literacy or information literacy or both or kind of break that down. Yep. So we talked a lot about core literacy skills, reading, writing, speaking, listening in our booth and strategies around those. But also what we what we know is that technology really raises the stakes for those. So it can impact the way that those skills are built and developed but also the importance of them (laughs) and also the new sort of literacies that we're seeing that are becoming more more important than ever before, information literacy. So being able to um, not just read text and write about it, but really um, 
evaluate it, you know, weigh it, determine if it's accurate or valid. And then this whole category of digital literacy that our customers are starting to talk about more more and more and how that is coming into the curriculum. Do you see that in a particular age set? I mean, in terms of, does this begin in middle school? Does it begin in the primary grades? Give us a little breakdown that way. I mean, what we're hearing from our customers is they want to start embedding digital literacy as early as elementary school. You know, what we're hearing from our customers is they look at this as a K to 12 process. What we see changing is that whereas like several years ago, it seemed like topics that were more under the digital literacy heading, like digital citizenship, for example, or even media literacy, were more siloed. And now what we're seeing is schools are interested in embedding this in all their curriculum. So when we're covering ELA, when we're covering math, when we're covering science, when we're covering social studies, that we're embedding these digital literacy skills and ideas into those curriculums. And it starts as young as elementary school. Walk us through a day in the life of using this sort of technology for a teacher who's trying to improve those literacy skills. I mean, this right. So what we see, what I mean, what I can say in terms of what our customers tell us they need and what we're trying to provide them is sort of that foundational background information in a tool that allows them to leverage it for their classroom. So teachers are always going to take providing that background information and then turning it into something magical for students, right? But understanding that a student can't really do an activity around AI until they know what AI is. (laughs) And they can't really know what AI is unless they have those foundational literacy skills that engage them, allow them to engage with vetted text. And so this sort of all builds on itself. But I think that the combination of the information, weighing and evaluating and judging information, the understanding of those digital citizenship concepts like copyright and citation and appropriate sort of engagement with materials and authorship, and then coming into the more um, advanced ideas around how can technology be leveraged to collaborate with people? How can it be leveraged to communicate with people in new ways? How can technology be leveraged to do design thinking projects that were unimaginable? And then all the way up to you know some of the upper level considerations around how is technology changing our society? What are some of the issues that we need to look out for in terms of potential bias in AI or equity issues that we need to consider? So it really runs the gamut from teaching the youngest kids you know, how technology is playing a role in their lives and how they can use it to being able to be a little more critical about it to then really being able to weigh, you know, what does this mean for all of us? It seems one of the big fear mongers when it comes to the use of AI is this the idea when you put in a search or you're you're working through a project and it's drawing from the trillions of words of a of a data set. Some of the conversations I've had specifically with say institutes of higher education, as well as say law schools, is that they're just using their own data sets. So like they're just they're using their own kind of walled garden to plumb things out of. Have you seen anything of that level at the K-12 or is that like a a service or feature that you can you plumb from from Gale? We don't have that ability in our products today. What the future holds, I think we're all exploring that. But I think what you're saying is institutions of higher learning 
are using AI with the, like their own content. Yeah. So like um, the large language model is just oh, just that. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Other content. So we we aren't so much hearing that. What we're more hearing about is teachers and educators who are looking to figure out how can I use the vetted resources that I have, but then build activities where students engage with large language models to enhance their thinking, enhance their writing, or plan their writing. So that's what we're hearing right now is educators looking for ways that students can use AI not as really an information source. They're still relying on the vetted information sources that they're providing separately, but more as a tool to engage with them as a coach, as a tutor, as a supporter to enhance their learning and enhance their writing. One of the things, you know, as I continue to have these conversations with it, and I have three beta testers, one just graduated from college, one's in college and one's in high school, and watching how they interact with not only Google, but also kind of these these AI tools. I further kind of realization is like, as an adult, I'm on the same learning curve that they are. It's almost very mm-hmm. much like social media 15 years ago, where my own behaviors were the same as theirs. I, we were kind of teenagers at, at the same time. Do sure. you see that in, in terms of research skills for what I guess we used to call digital natives? Are they less concerned about these things than maybe we are as as adults and this just kind of seems to be the normal way of doing things? I definitely think that we see that young students have a much more um, facility with using all the technology tools that are available to them. And sometimes in some ways, students, what we hear from educators is that students need to really, because they have so many tools available to them and because they are so comfortable with looking for information in everywhere, that that makes the need to talk about what good information is more important, (laughs) more important than ever before, because the sky's the limit of where the information is going to come from. And we know that today and tomorrow and the next day, there's going to be information that we don't really know where it comes from. You're just going to put a prompt into into something and, and get the information out. I think what we hear from our customers is that they find a lot of value in being able to use resources like ours and like others that are similar to help students understand what good information is, what does it look like, how do you compare it to information that you might find from another source, because those are skills that they're really going to need. And if they ask a chatbot to write an essay for them, how are they going to know if it's a good essay? Um, you know, they're really going to need those skills. And I think yeah. students, they have a world of possibility that we didn't have when we were kids, but they still really need, and maybe more than we did even, that ability to evaluate information. Yeah. I still think that as our own behaviors get more used to mm-hmm. these sort of technologies, we'll start to sniff this stuff out too, right? Yeah. It's almost like you turn on the TV and you know it's an infomercial, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the same pretty pictures, but uh, there's, so- there's something there's else There's something going wrong on here. There. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. when they say the first 25 callers that you... <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, right. That's when you know. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Let's talk about another dynamic that I'm wondering has changed, and and I'm really glad not to have to talk about it anymore, but the pandemic and the use of your products and services, maybe like in class versus remote. How how has that changed? 
first of all, I think the pandemic sort of created like a crash course (laughs) and everybody having to do everything very quickly. I remember just talking to a customer a month or two ago about how they, they had Canvas, but they weren't even really using it. And then all of a sudden, one day they had to wake up and do everything that way. And I think the fact that resources like ours and others were available at that time was was an incredible thing and really valuable. One of the things that we see now, though, is there is a feeling that we need to not lose the interaction that students have with each other and the interaction that students have with teachers when they're in class. I had a lot of conversations with instructional coaches at ISTE, interestingly, and some of the things that they were sharing were things about finding that balance between, because now everybody, we're all using our devices all the time and we're right. using our devices and teaching all the time. That's just something that we learned during the pandemic and we haven't given it up. So you can walk into a classroom and all the students are sitting in front of their devices, right? So we're trying to find out where's the balance with that. Some of the things that we've tried to do in our products is supply lesson plans for teachers that take the students outside of that as well. So they have a sort of a combination of engaging with text as part of the lesson, but then also engaging with each other Mm -hmm. um, because we see that that's really important. And that was really a theme that I heard over this ISTE from instructional coaches in particular was that they were having lots of conversations with teachers about how to find that balance because the the human to human interaction can't really be replaced. Sure, sure. It, it kind of reminds me of back in the day when we talk about flipping the classroom and a lot of those strategies yes. where you reserve exactly. that time in the classroom just to have that human interaction. Yeah, and uh, I when, think that's that's probably something that's going to continue to be um, really important is, you know, taking some of the out of classroom time for some of the reading and preparation and then coming to classroom and being more ready to engage. So you haven't seen a lot of your customers, a lot of districts that are fully going back to whatever we called normal in in 2019 and things have changed. I think things have changed. We see that things have changed. Most people are all back together, but what we see has changed is that the technology is more integrated in everybody's life. So whether it is that they are getting their content digitally now completely and they were, it was a mix previously, or they're using an LMS to deliver their instruction now and they were only somewhat doing that before, there was a real continuum, even though we've been on this journey for many, many decades and a lot of districts, big districts, that weren't really heavily leveraging technology until they actually had to for day-to-day usage. So I think what we see now is it's embedded, it's baked in, it's you know a critical part of the workflow. All assignments are digital. Things are getting pushed out to students digitally, but there's still a coming back together and having more of that in-person interaction and trying to figure out how we can balance those things and get the value out of that post-pandemic is welcome. So we finally passed the conversation of whether or not there should be computers in the classroom. I think we have. (laughs) And I think that whole is your district one-to-one conversation is is mostly passed us by. So, yeah. Well, if if that's one twisted benefit of the pandemic, I'll I'll, I'll take that. It was a quick learning curve for a lot of people, but I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we'll feel like it was, we got something positive out of it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, turn your, your your sights forward now. You know, we're kind of talking about the the present state of play yeah. and, and the, the, yeah. those changes and the changes over the past few years. Look into your crystal ball in the next few years in the future. Where do you see? What do you see coming down the road? I don't have a crystal ball, <laughs> and I will say that uh, I will say that people a lot more smarter than me at, at Gale and Sengage are working on AI, and I think there will be things that are the same and things that will change. I think the things that will never go away are the, the the need for the ability to have authoritative information that's authentic and the ability to have students and teachers be able to access that for learning you know being able to curate a tech set of materials on a topic that were written for a lot of different audiences and compare those like i think the value of that and the value of building foundational knowledge with really authoritative materials of all different types is never going to go away in the same way that I think basic foundational literacy skills are always going to be needed in order for students to really get the value of this new world that we're entering into. They need to have those skills. But I think the way that technology will make those things more exciting or different or more expansive or eliminate some of the mundane work. Those are the things that I'm looking at and seeing in the future. What we see is, you know, wanting to continue to find ways to reduce the burden on teachers and schools and curriculum directors. Because, you know, one of the things that we didn't talk about in our themes is we still hear a lot about burnout and we still, so things are really exciting, but there's still this undercurrent. So we're always looking at how can we find ways to make the burden less, make sure that we understand what schools need. And that's a shifting landscape <laughs> from a curriculum standpoint and and be leveraging the new technologies that are coming to support those things. That's what we're focused on. When you just mentioned the idea of authentic information mm -hmm. and the idea of having vetted things that they would have the luxury to not worry about having That's to fight right. through what the false information, right? That's right. What, right. Well, at the same time, there's there's going to be a separate track where they need to understand how they, to do that as well. Of course. And I think there's, you know, there's always ways to teach that. But and I think there's like a, a role to play, you know, it's sort of a continuum where students are trying to first establish like a foundation of understanding about something. And then as they're building their skills on top of that, they can start critically evaluating, right? And so then they can start comparing different presentations of that information. And then they can start comparing it to information that maybe is not as um, vetted, but it's really important. Um, what we see and what our customers tell us is that it's really, really important for students to be able to have that foundational knowledge. And one of the things that's been surprising coming out of the pandemic, and it was probably always true, but I just think it's more top of mind now, is that educators are seeing that students at all levels actually need more of that foundational support than ever before. So mm -hmm. even even we hear this from AP teachers who who think, you know, I've got an AP class, I've got my students coming in here, and they're all like ready to go and we're ready to jump in. And what they're finding is that they actually need to take a step back in the beginning of that course and do some recapping and do some foundation building. Um, and we're seeing that sort of across the board. So I think that will always be be an important thing. Yeah. 
Well, Liz, as always, thank you so much for your, your time and your insights. Sure. Uh, your, your work there is hugely important for, for the students and, and helping the faculty. And I appreciate getting the inside dope of what you see happening in the space. Well, I appreciate talking to you. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this month's edition of Innovations in Education. I hope you enjoyed it and hope you subscribe for future episodes.